Welcome back, everyone, to episode 17 of The Things That Drive Us. And this week I have a treat for you in that I have a very interesting chat with the Scottish poet, well, Northern Irish Scottish poet, Caroline Johnston. I've known Caroline for a number of years. We used to work together and she has written poetry for all of her life. She is now um, the resident poet at Dundonald Castle and on the board of the Federation of Writers Scotland. And she has a book coming up published later this year by Hedgehog Poetry. We talk about all of these things in this week's episode, but we also talk about a very interesting take that Caroline has on how poetry should be interpreted and what and who is responsible for interpreting poetry, and also the difficulties one might have in publishing or self-publishing. Um, I hope you enjoy it. And now, with no further ado, Caroline Johnston. I'm talking to Caroline, who is a poet. What poetry are you writing at the moment, Caroline, then? Actually, I'm writing a very limited poetry at the moment, except that I've just started a series because I'm... I go through phases of, of not writing anything at all mm. and for for maybe sometimes several months and that did worry me for a while but what I realized uh, after that happened on one occasion and then over a very short period um, time I actually ended up writing I think something like 70 poems oh wow about which maybe 30 of those were, were sort of half decent you know but the other poems still still needed um to be to be written it was just in that sort of very creative phase of it doesn't worry me now. I, I know that that will return, but I've just been very conscious of, you know, for me, poetry is part of uh, part of my way of making sense of the world and what's going on in it. And I've been trying to avoid a lot of what's been going on in the world. I think it's just, yeah. you know, I, I try to avoid the news and, and things like that. Is, and also, I just want to make sure that uh, my voice, I feel I've got to a certain stage with my poetry that... I want to experiment a bit more with style, uh, with my content, with what I'm willing to allow myself to, to write as well. Because sometimes I do think you can sort of stop yourself writing about things for a variety of reasons. You know, sometimes yeah. it's um, stories that aren't necessarily yours to share or are you're only going to share one side of that story and you're conscious that there are, there are other sides to it as well. But yet, yet the poems need need written. So. What I'm doing, though, is I've started a series of what will be sonnets on mm. water themes. Or the, right. theme, the theme is water, and it's just really the different types of water that there's been in, in my life. Everything from originally coming from Northern Ireland, and that's the first one, coming from Northern Ireland to Scotland and over the Irish Sea, which sort of tied in with the, the anniversary of the 100-year anniversary of the shipping forecast. So I, I managed to tie that in with the, the shipping forecast. So, But I, I intend doing that, you know, but I grew up... Um, learning to sail on Strangford Loch. I went fishing with my, my dad, going, you know, mackerel fishing that I, I really clearly remember. He built his own yacht and I remember sailing, um, you know, hoping to sail on that and then he got ill and we never got the chance to sort of do that because he never got the chance to finish the, the boat. So there's sort of a oh, lot right. of stories that will probably be our poems are um, really autobiographical, um, autobiographical and probably not of much interest to maybe anybody else, but I want to write this this series. Yeah, I see. So when did you first start writing poetry then? I wrote poetry as a child. Um, some of it was very bad. <laughs> Lots of it was very bad. Whenever you sort of look back at, you know, your school exercise books, you know, I wrote songs and poems about Engelbert Humperdinck and Shawadi Wadi and uh, basic rulers and giving away my, my age. And and also, you know, what I'd done in animals, uh, sort of forests. I was, I, was, I grew up in a, near 
right at the side of an Irish domain, which is sort of like a, a forest with a country house in it, mm-hmm. uh, which is a very special place to, to grow up near. But um, so, you know, that lots of the poems really were about, about that. But I, um, then I went to sort of grammar school and got, had to learn a lot of poetry by rote and used to argue a lot with the teachers about what poems used to mean because they kept telling me what a particular poet it meant with a particular word or line. And I kept saying, but how do you know? How, how do you know that's what the poet meant? How do you know that's what the, the poet, why the poet used that line or meant that thing? Do you know, because there's as many interpretations of of poems as there is poems. And, the, and what I've really learned about my, my poems is when I write a poem, I might have one meaning with it, but when the reader reads it, they bring their own experience to that and it becomes a completely different poem, even in meaning to, to them. And you've just got to, sort of let let that side of things things go so actually that put me off poetry quite con- considerably although um, I did fall in love with Shakespeare and fell in love with Milton at that point in, in time both of those in particular because of the uh, I still think they're you know they're masterful use of the language and, and rhyme and rhythm and everything that's in, in their poems and, and you know so many words we use so many phrases we use are from both of those particular authors still that are just commonplace for us in, in, in day to day so I didn't really write I wrote some poetry at that point in time and then I ended up having four children in, in quite rapid succession and you know really that became the priority that and working and uh, particularly after I separated and then divorced my first husband you know you just had to concentrate and get making a living and it didn't really seem to yeah. be the time ever ever to write but then I got back into the writing maybe about 20 19 20 mm-hmm. yeah 2019 I started to write write more seriously and then started to sit my, my work and thankfully I find homes for quite a number of poems now and I have my first poetry book coming out this year oh congratulations it's so, exciting so what's the poetry book going to be called it's going to be called pivot pivot points and portals it's a collaboration with um another northern irish poet a friend mm-hmm. who I've got to got to know really through poetry um you know so in recent years and it's really about those pivotal points in life that change change your yeah. life in some in some way so every poem's about that whether it's a, a death or a meeting or or a you know a meeting about um, a leads to a marriage or a deep friendship or the end of a friendship or whatever they're all those sort of types of poems. So I'm really quite excited about that because it's it's what's called a poetry conversation. So it's alternate poems. So yeah. Karen has written one poem and I've responded to that poem and then she's responded to my poem and the conversation goes throughout. And some of it touches on our experience of both of us um, growing up in Northern Ireland yeah. through the troubles as as well. So some of them touch on that and some of them are really quite quite different poems then as well just to be daily life or whatever and did you find that a um tricky process sort of responding to someone else's work or did that come quite naturally no it's just about finding what you felt was the heart of a particular poem you know that that, that spoke to you and again we had to trust each other in that process because it depended on how i interpreted that Mm-hmm. You know, because Karen had to let me run with that, and equally, I had to let Karen run with how she would have interpreted the poem that I had had written. But no, it, it, I, I think it works really well in in the end. So I'm really quite excited a, a bit about that one coming out, and I hopefully have another one coming out maybe towards the end of the year or um, into next year. These these things take a long time. Yeah, it's uh, a fruition, as you'll know yourself. And anything that's creative, you can start the process, but getting it out there. And I don't know if that's the important thing to me anymore. It was for a while. 
yeah. know, getting the getting the poems out there. But now it's just I think what I'm trying to focus on more is the whole sort of creative process and the, and getting finding the joy in that. Yeah, again. no, I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so who's how are you publishing this? Um, is it through a publishing house or are you publishing it yourself? That, that one's through a, a, a publishing house and the, the, the other one will be as well. But I'm considering self-publishing and other poems that I've written that are probably what I would call more sort of spiritual, up, uplifting, encouraging type poems mm. and not, not all poetry um, publishers would be interested in. But I know that, you know, whenever I've read those and shared those with people, they really meant something to somebody. So I'd just like to get them out to maybe a, a wider audience. However... The first book that I had published, uh, which was in, which is in journal, which has done done very well, uh, it was self published. But I find the experience horrendous. I'm just not technically minded. Yeah, could you, you know trying to get the thing uploaded was was a nightmare. So I was very happy when a publisher sort of took over the, the second book and and published that. But so that if I could find somebody to help me publish it, I'll yeah. I'll be uh, yeah that could be out tomorrow. It's ready to go. So, so who's publishing the one that's out later in the year? So it's the, the one um, the one being done now is a, a, a poetry press called Hedgehog Press, which is based in Northern England. Yeah. And then the one in uh, later on in the year, so hopefully published by Squirrel, uh, Red Squirrel Press, which is a Scottish-based um, publisher. Okay. So what I'm quite interested in, yeah, because I remember noticing that you were writing poetry when it started appearing on Instagram and Facebook, that you were, what um, sort of pushed you to start putting it out in the public domain, if you like. That's such a hard decision to, to do. And I, it's funny, I was having a, a discussion with somebody yesterday about that, you know, about how getting getting yourself out there. It, it was people, other people encouraged me to do it really and said, you know, we loved we loved that poem, we loved your, your poetry, um, get it out there. But that that originally started, maybe, maybe that was about 2019, I decided that I would give myself a challenge. There's a thing called, um, there's a, poet, a whole month that's dedicated to writing a poem a day. Mm. And I decided in my wisdom that I would write a poem a day for a whole year, 365 poems. Yeah. And some of them are no more than three three lines. You know, they're, they're really small or a haiku or something like that. But, I, I, you know, I, de- I did it. I actually wrote a poem every day for the year. And that really, I would encourage anybody who's creative to try doing something like that. And I might even start doing that myself, but maybe not necessarily publish it. But the, the reason I started to publish it was to force myself to write the poem because yeah. I had I had to make sure that I, I could um, publish something. So, yeah, I wrote the poems and then published them as a as a way of um, encouraging myself to keep my to, to a promise that I'd made to, to do that. But then what I find was a lot of those poems actually garnered a, a really strong response mm. um and because some publishers will not accept them if they're self if they're published anywhere no matter how you've published it if it's online somewhere so i had to take a lot of those poems down again and then submit yeah. them later after that but that's why i'd start it really yeah there is something about sort of public accountability of doing something like that isn't yep. there that, that yep. will drive you to keep doing it and think I've seen you do that with your paintings as well. You know, whether whatever state they're in, you show us it. You know, an early doors yeah. one, or you, you show it sort of um, more more complete as well. And as you know, one of your poems prompted a me to write a, a war poem, really, yeah. um, as a result of sort of because you'd asked that question: is what do you think about the colours, the particular colours you you chosen? And it, and I went away and thought about it, and then it, that poem. All right. came out, out of it as a response because I, I genuinely wanted to answer your question but in the process of thinking about it 
the the that image of Schindler's List, you know, the when the wee girls, oh yeah, stand standing there in that red coat, that that yeah. was what popped into my mind with with your question. So the poem really sort of came from that that combination, I think, which is why I love it as well, you know, because it it's that's that's a conversation as well, because I've been very lucky to sort of have I've had poems turned into paintings. I've had poems turned into songs, uh, which has been lovely as, as well. You know, so people take what you write and then using a different form of creativity, turn turn it into something quite significantly different, which uh, I, I love. Mm. And do you enjoy that sort of collaborative per- yeah. process? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do because I, I just because just I think I think the key to that is being curious really about what what might result and i've never i've never really viscerally hated anything i don't i mean i've not really disliked anything i've I've generally loved what somebody has has done and i really appreciate the fact that they've taken something and you know fallen in love with it and then created something completely different and, and often quite beautiful really as a, as a result I feel very mm. privileged to be part of that sort of collaboration i, I like it that way around though I find it much harder to do it the, the other way around. So if somebody says, "Here's a, you know, whatever, write write a poem about it," um, I, it's not that I can't do it, but I feel much more. I feel I feel the pressure then, so that that's something to struggle with. Yeah, no, I um I do know what you mean. There's a sort of I think there's a difference between when the collaboration grows up organically. You do something, someone responds or you see something and so you respond to that whereas there is a definite pressure involved in if you're deciding to work with someone from the outset i agree mm-hmm. or you're being given a task to do you know i've been um i was going to be a the sort of poet in residence at the scottish national natural maritime museum which is based in, in Irvine in, in Ayrshire but then at the I, I, I couldn't do it because of personal circumstances and illness in the family and I, I knew I couldn't commit to it but even thinking about that and the sort of expectations there would be of you creating a body of work I think you know that that was quite yeah. daunt, daunting really whereas that freedom to create you're right that makes such a, a difference gosh freedom and creativity the two words go together really don't don't they they do they do um i think that's true i i certainly though benefit from a deadline which is why so i've got an exhibition coming up in easter and yeah. one of the reasons i put it in place was to make myself um, because it's very easy to drift, and um, so I have a tendency just to paint what I want. Whereas what I've done this time is um, I've put in place this show, and I've given it a title and a theme, and that's forced me to concentrate on producing work that matches that theme, and that's quite an interesting process because mm-hmm. you've got a sort of, I suppose it's a self-imposed restriction, so it's not. It, it, it's still freedom up to a point, but having those kind of constraints makes you produce work that you wouldn't have done otherwise. I don't know if that's something you've ever experienced. Yeah, um, I, 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 that that's the other side of that, isn't it? It's like, uh, absolutely, because you you really find that very strongly in, in poetry because there's so many different forms of poetry. And much of modern poetry, there's no particular form to it, but whenever you try to write a sonnet, for instance, you ha- you are constrained by the form. So it's either either it's 14 lines or, you know, it's got to have iambic pentameter and it's got to rhyme um, in, in a certain way, in a certain rhyme and pattern. 
and that that your your writing does change entirely through that and and uh, sometimes I reel against it but sometimes I produce better poems as a result of of those mm. constraints you're right yeah no I, that, that's definitely true so going back to something you had said earlier but you have these sort of bursts of um writing poems and then not doing it for a while and that's something I sympathize with I certainly have bursts of doing more painting than in some periods and others do you find that there's anything that sort of drives that I mean is it an urge that appears or is it in my case it's sort of frankly down to energy levels when I'm a bit depressed I find it much harder to paint than when I've got more energy um, even though I know it's good for me um, and do you find that there's a sort of driver behind what makes you write? Some, so, some, some, or or not, right? So I think, I think, yes, you're you're right. If if your mood isn't great, I mean, I I know that if my mood isn't particularly great, I've got to take myself off and and um spend some time alone and also get out into nature and fresh air and start my gratitude journal and do my journal. There's lots of things I know I should do, and creating is part of that. However, mm. I, I'm hope to create. So sometimes if I'm not feeling particularly well, no, I, I, I'm, that's when I would have like a, a writer's block for sure. But then yeah. other times it just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Almost. It's like, I don't know if you, have you read Les Gilbert's book um, about creativity? Because no. she, there's a couple of fascinating stories in, in that. What One is about a story that she wrote, and I don't want to digress too much, but she wrote this story and put it up in the attic because she didn't think it was good enough. And then a book was published that was nearly exactly the same story, so much so that she thought somebody had stolen her manuscript. And she ended up going into the attic and finding the manuscript. But it, it, was, it, there was, it was very similar. Mm. But her view was that the muse goes about and when something needs to be told it, it goes to you and if you don't tell the story it goes to somebody else and if you don't they don't tell it, it goes to somebody else and what this other person had done was grab the muse and go with it and yeah. they had completed it and written what she she had originally started and and i thought that, that whole idea was really fascinating but at the same time that is sometimes exactly how it works that a po- I, I i have had whole poems i mean there was there's was one occasion i wrote a poem in my lunch hour and when I was at a particular course and I, I would say that poem was given to me it just it just literally came out nearly verse after verse after verse and it's a long poem um, and it's a rhyming poem and it's but it, it took maybe 50 minutes to to write and that that happened and other times it'll be the same that you know I'll maybe sit down and write and then other times I, I it'll just be poem after poem I'll, I'll pour out it's Mary Oliver who's my favorite poet she um she's very very much into that as well in her um, poetry handbook she talks about that she says you've got to show up yeah every day and if you don't show up nothing's going to happen so when I sometimes I just get lazy as well well as you yeah, know yeah, I, yeah. I, can't, I can't be bothered um but when I, I'm, I'm in that mood I show up and yeah. uh, and then usually something will come out of it um once I actually start but I was also, I was listening to, there's a fascinating series called Legends on Radio 4, and um, I was listening to the sort of six six episodes on Johnny Mitchell, Johnny Mitchell. Oh, yeah. 
and I wasn't a particular fan of her, of her music or anything, but it was just sort of her, her history. And she was talking, she says that um, she's different heads for different things. And I totally get that. I have a head for poetry. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, and I, I'm going to have that head on. I can write poems. If I'm going to write factual things, I have that poem, that head on. And I can't think about poetry when I'm, when I'm doing that. Yeah. But she was a, she said she was a painter who got distracted on the way. <laughs> that was ultimately what she saw herself as was a painter rather than a, a singer or, or songwriter and but when she got stuck with the poetry she would yeah. draw and and vice versa she would she would you know she would swap around now the more i've I, that i've just been thinking about that all day sort of over the last couple of days thinking if i'm feeling a bit stuck i'm not a painter but maybe it is time for me to try a different form of creativity and in the process i'll i'll get more unstuck i've done things like i remember going on a mosaic course and absolutely mm. lost myself in that course had no idea yeah. with the time i i i loved that and i know i've got there's quite a few mosaic projects this this summer that i want to get get doing so maybe it's time to start that and come back to yeah. the, the poetry and i think that's definitely true and definitely useful to have something that's different to your main practice that you can do i mean i i certainly have that so i have my sort of oil painting practice which i think of my main practice but then i have um sort of watercolors and more general sketching which i think of as very different and i can just basically do in front of the tv or whatever i like yeah and and those are the sort of relief from the main effort if you see what i mean Um, but you're still you're still doing and it's a completely different process isn't it Um, you know watercolors to oils to sketching as as well yeah Mm. yeah i do i do collage work as well and i think you know that that again is something that it it, it allows that i think it's just something about letting your mind drift like that that sometimes allows the poems to sort of and and the other work then to sort of just bubble away and then come out whenever it's ready to yeah no. But yeah, I don't panic about it anymore. I used to panic, but I, I don't do that. So how did you get to the stage where you didn't panic about it anymore? Because it's happened now. Yeah. This is probably the third or fourth time it's happened that oh, there I are see. these dry phases and then lots of poems come out and then there's another dry phase and then lots of poems come out. So it's not to say, a bit like you though, it's not, I don't do nothing in that yeah. period because, you know, I'll jot down lines, you know, maybe a partial poem will come down. So I've got... Um, I've got an, a couple of poetry notebooks and I often use just my phone as, as well in terms of making sure that I capture something there and then that, that I might use or an idea will pop into my head. So so those, I I think your subconscious is always working away in the, in the background and those things. And if you're going to write a poem on it, it'll happen. It'll yeah, happen. that's true. And once you've been through a phase like that a couple of times and it's resolved itself and you've been able to produce again, you do, next time it happens, you go, wow, this is, this this will end and the poems will come or the yeah. creativity will come back again. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, when people ask me this question, I find it almost impossible to answer. But why why do you write poetry at all? Sometimes because I can't help myself. Mm. It's that much of an urge to to write poetry. But but it is to make sense of the world. For yeah. for me, um to it's either to respond to things or to, to process stuff. So in the way that maybe, and, and you know I'm a big fan of journaling, in the way that maybe I would journal some things, um, sometimes it is, it's easier just to to deal with with a poem. And I, I do uh, run poetry workshops and both just generally and, and also for, for wellbeing. And when I'm running the wellbeing poetry workshops, what 
I, I, you know, one of the sort of key pieces of advice I'll give people is that they can, everybody can write poetry. I do feel very strongly about that. Some, mm. some people will write stunning poetry and some people are right, you know, good and some people will be okay. It's like anything. It's yeah. going to be sort of a wide, wide variation. But the medium of poetry, I think you can use to distance yourself from an experience because you can write about a him or a her. Mm-hmm. Or are they when you're actually telling your own story and nobody needs to know you're telling your own story because it looks like you're telling a story about somebody else, this other lady or this old woman or, you know, this young girl or this part of this boss, you know, whatever it is you want to do. It's, it is still your story, but you, you, you're emotionally distancing yourself from it as well. Yeah. No, I, I, I understand what you mean. So you can convey things at a sort of distance. Yeah. Which might be too painful and difficult to convey if they were connected directly to you exactly yeah and you can create i mean you can create a world of all characters where you can play out thoughts and ideas um in a different way i suppose yeah that still helps you process yeah the event or the you know what happened as well um and gets it out of your head because I'm a great believer in getting things out of your head. So you might want to write poems like that, that, you know, I've, I've got poems that I'll never see the light of day. You yeah. know, nobody's ever going to see them. Some of them I've got password protected as well because I don't, I don't want ever anybody to see them, but I needed to write them. Yeah. And so that's what, you know, I'd encourage people to, I'd encourage people really to read poems, start to, there's so many, Actually, there's now such a wealth of poetry books and can be a bit daunting, uh, you know, but there's lots of good, you know, some websites will sign up and give you a poem a day and, and they give you a huge variety of poems if you want to get started into that. Or you maybe start with a, a good um, anthology of poems because that'll give you a, a very wide range of themes and writing styles and so on. Because, you know, I'll read a po- some poems. I, I, I mean, I'm from Ireland. Yeah. I do like some Seamus Heaney poems. Yeah. But there's lots of shame. Lots of his poems I don't understand. What was he trying to say with that poem? I'm very. I try to make my poems understandable enough for someone, yes. uh, Rather than having to try and, you know, have fifty people coming up with different ideas about what poem might might possibly have have been about, and that makes me a bit of a heretic. But I I can live with that, uh, you know. Whereas there's other poets from Ireland that I, I just just love, and I often go to. You know, Mary Oliver would be my sort of go go to poet, and yeah. but there's such a wide range of of it, particularly I think in the 20th century modern poets and 20 21st century modern poets as as well that you will find a a, a poet or a school of poetry that you, that you enjoy reading. I've and been a subscriber. I've been a subscriber for a long time to the Poetry Book Society. How fabulous! Um, and I do enjoy. I mean. Sometimes you get something that's hard work, and there are a few that I've not finished, but there have been some, um, because you never know what you're going to get. There have been some spectacular surprises um, that have arrived to, um, and, I, and and my mind has now gone completely blank, but I'm terrible at remembering authors' names at the best of times. But yeah, it's that sort of fresh take that you can kind of go, oh, I really like this. Yeah. Um, and yeah. also, also your tastes change, you know, as well. That's so, true. 
I think maybe when you're at school, you know, that you're always sort of stuck with doing the certain poems. It's like, you know, one of my daughters refuses to read Shayla Sini because she hated it so much at school. Um, yeah. I've, I've got other children who hate, who wouldn't read Dickens because they hate it Dickens, whereas I'm I, I, I absolutely passionate about Dickens. So it's, it is that, it's horses for courses, you know, fine, mm. you don't like them, but here's a poet you might like, you might, you know, and be curious about it and don't take that hair off that you had at school that you need to understand exactly what this poet meant and you need to understand every word and every line and everything else. Read the poem, does, does it answer? And to me, the best poems are the ones that hit you somewhere here and go, yeah. oh, that's exactly that, you know. So Mary Oliver's poem, you know, where she talks about you don't have to be good. That, 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 you know, Wild Geese, it's one of my favourite poems. It, you know, you just have to know, or the poem, what are you going to do with your one precious life? You know, those poems, that David White's poems, he's, he's another one, that John O'Donoghue's poems, those poems, poets that really make me go, they're just in one line make you think, what am I doing with my life? What what do I want to do next? What yeah. what what does love mean to me? What yeah. is kind, kindness about? You know, what? how can I be kinder? It's those sorts of poems that are there's so many of those out there that maybe that's I, I don't know I think we just need more more poetry and less war maybe it would be a good thing yeah 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 yeah. so it's interesting because I'm always interested in the the kind of sort of base motivations that people have for producing things and because for me painting is not an outlet for my for emotions or what I'm feeling or thinking but an escape so it's sort of mm. like I'm almost creating a fantasy world in which I can hide for a bit. Um, and um, I've tried doing what you're talking about, which is sort of accessing how you're feeling and processing that and passing that into the the work I'm producing. And I find that almost impossible to do in some ways. I, I've never really understood why. But th does that sort of come easy for you then, that sort of, direct line between your emotional state and the poems you're producing usually yes i would say maybe maybe it's just an easier medium well to to do that because maybe processing your emotions through i mean there's a lot of work around art therapy and yeah. the, the power of of that to get get emotions and and you know even you know in small children how effective that that can be but you're not necessarily creating something for that reason you know you're no. creative you, it, it is you you know you're doing whether it's a still life well how do you how do you put emotions into into still life of, of yeah. some sort you know the thing is there's a more practical side of it for yeah, you that, that you wouldn't be able to sort of do your emotions but maybe you want to on, on other occasions ex explore that and for, i get the escape thing though because when i'm in flow and i'm writing poems it yeah. doesn't it, you know it wouldn't matter what was going on around me I yeah. just I, I am focused on that poem and trying to get and I'll sometimes have to say to people don't talk to me don't, yeah, you know yeah. like, like Lee will come in or something my husband will come in and I'll go don't 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 don't, don't speak to me I'm a, and he knows now <laughs> not not to do that because I'm in I, I know where I'm almost going to get to in this poem and I need to get there yeah 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 yeah. and do you have sort of it's sort of a crass way of putting it do you have an idea of what you want to kind of do with your poetry because it seems to me you have poems that are just for you and then poems that are more definitely for public consumption and then some that might fit in either box mm. would that be a sort of fair summary yeah but i, I don't 
I don't sit down and think. Yeah. This is a. I'm going to write this poem, and this poem is going to be a poem that's published, uh, or this, you know, uh, there might be a theme, and and you know, so many different poetry publications will have a theme. This theme will be, you know, war, or war is such a, a common one, but it it can be everything. It can be very nebulous ideas like grace, and how do you how do you define that, and mm-hmm. you know, how do you bring that that into a poem? Same with you know those any idea like that, hope, faith, love. Uh, it, those are always harder poems to to write and nail down because yeah you really have to make the poem very concrete examples of of those so you might write a theme poem and a theme and you might think well I can submit and it may or may not get published or it may or may not get you know win the competition or get yeah. shortlisted or whatever as well and I, I don't write and never write a poem with this is going to be the poem you know mm. that that's going to do that it's because I think that for me would just cause total raiders block because you're, you're putting so much pressure on yourself yeah. to make something perfect. And I think I started this by saying that, you know, I think that's where I am in my creative journey, I think, is to stop focusing on that idea of perfection. Yeah. And, you know, because I think, and I think as an artist, I don't know how you, I would really struggle with that more, more than with poetry because I actually read a quote from a, an American poet recently who said a friend of his, spent something like a year working on one particular poem and in the end the poem was just as good but one line short and I thought you know that's that you could drive yourself crazy trying trying to get it it's perfect and sometimes you just got to go this is it as good as it can be right now and I'm, I'm letting it go and there isn't a poem I have written that when I reread it Three months down the line, six months down, I don't want to change some element of it. Uh, you know, that yeah. that's just um, part and parcel of, of creating something. But that drive to perfect something for that, I think we put too much pressure on me that I, yeah. I don't think I create anything as good as if I just let myself go. Well, I think that's definitely true. Um, um, and I know numbers of painters that struggle with that issue. I, the way I've got around it, and I think that's part of the way I, because oil takes such a long time to dry, I usually have about three or four paintings on the go at any one time. So you can kind of trick yourself into finishing one by just stopping painting it while you paint on the others. Ah. Um, oh, I like that idea. Yeah. And so by the time you've finished painting B, you've been, you've, you've got to a certain point with painting A, you put it to one side you then work on painting B for ages and you go back to painting A and you've now created an emotional distance because it's no longer the painting you're working on, it's the painting you were working on. And so then you can look at it slightly more objectively and go, is that finished or not? Uh Um, And then, but of course, quite often you'll put a painting away and then come out of it, you'll bring it out years, you know, in some cases, literally years later. So I've had this just the other day. So I, I separated from um, my ex back in 2019. I'm in a new relationship now, but she um, finally sent the last of my paintings that I'd left back in London back to me last week. I saw that. Yeah. Um, Which was quite an emotional thing, but it was sort of looking at them going, oh no, that one's really good. And looking Mm. at others going, no, this one isn't finished or this one's rubbish. Um, in your perception of your work can change so completely over a period of time that I think there's not, I don't think it's a question of whether things are finished or not. It's a question of whether you're prepared to leave it or sometimes whether it's still within your control or not, because I, I've had paintings I've sold, which I've then gone, could have done that better, but ah. it's gone now. So yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. But it's interesting uh, that distance, isn't it? And also I, I like that idea of maybe, you know, you could easily do that when you're writing poems. This is, you know, have four or five. And I, sometimes I do have a couple of poems, maybe not more than that one, but maybe that's what I need to consider and start doing. Yeah, I'll do this and then leave it. And then this 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 other poem that's sort of tickling in the back of my brain, I'll start that one. And then I can go back to that one and see where I go because that may well open, either give me a different perspective, change something, and or I may yeah. scrap it entirely. I think being courageous enough if you're doing something to scrap it entirely is a part of the creative process as, as well. Even when I've worked a long time on certain poems, yeah, if it's just not happening, you just get rid of it. And start yeah, again. I just I just get rid of it. I don't even save it now. I used to save it in a folder, you know, ar- archive, and I think I'll go back to that. But I've, I've went back to sort of maybe maybe a dozen of those poems, and still never anything coming from it. So I've just went delete. Yeah, we've gone, gone now. forever. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. I paint over old paintings I don't like anymore. Which obviously the old masters used to do as yeah. well. Whenever you find these old paintings, uh, you know, uncovered um, underneath other ones. So, well, it, it's sort of it's a very final decision because now that painting's gone because you painted over mm. it. it. Also reuses materials, but in That's a way true. that pa- painting's still still there because it, in some sense, it does inform the next painting that you produce over the top in terms of texture or sometimes color, depth of color, and things like that. But, Interesting. It still leaves an echo there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so when you entered competitions, so I was curious about this with and I think I know the answer from what you said. Because competitions definitely they tend to have themes, don't they? I submit a mm-hmm. poem on this theme. Do you write for the theme or do you look for the poem that you've already written that fits the theme best? I'd, usually I look for a poem that fits the theme. Very yeah. occasionally though, um I have Recently, I've started writing Ulster Scots. Uh, that's a very new thing for me. And uh, one of the poems I had, I translated into Ulster Scots, but I had a friend pass away last year who was such a broad Scots speaker. Yeah. And she should really started to embrace that, though, because originally she thought she just had to write and sort of received English. And and um, and yet when she started, when she talked, she always just talked. And I said, you need to start writing poems and, and how, as how you speak. And, you know, that she's really started to develop that voice and she encouraged me to do it. She never knew that, unfortunately. But when it came down to another competition, I wanted to write a poem about her. So mm. it wasn't some about in Ulster Scots. So the, the theme was Ulster Scots. And you could write anything on that. But I thought I needed to write a poem about about Kate for that one. So that was probably one I did, did choose. But ordinarily... Um, I have written. There was um, another one competition that I won in Northern Ireland uh, that was on the Ligon, the River mm. Ligon. Yeah. And I wrote two poems specifically for that. And mm. and, I, and sometimes another another one was on the River Erin. So I, you know, in, in Fermanagh. So I did write poems specifically on that. I have written a poem specifically for uh, the stanza sort of poetry map. So they have a poetry map different parts of Scotland. People would write poems yeah. or, or something so yeah i wrote a specific poem for that but usually it is you know you can change a word here or there in a, in a poem and, and then submit that yeah 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 no, the stuff i find it much more difficult to paint for a theme than to go through my back catalog and then try and find a painting that matches the theme i have my poems in in things though yeah. So I, I have them stored in folders. So, you know, I've in a um, nature, it's the themes that are important to me. So there's family ones, there's uh, ones on women, there's ones on war and peace. 
Uh, there's ones in nature and the environment, and there's sort of there's, there's some funny ones, and there's some sort of just just sort of what I call life observations. You know, things that you've just observed, and and a poem comes comes out of that. Yeah. So it makes it easy for me to go and look for poems within that general theme where where they'll be. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. I like that. So other than the book that's being published this summer, what's the sort of next poetry event for you? There's nothing really planned. I, I um, run a poetry class. I'm a poet in residence at Dundonald Castle in, in Ayrshire, and I run a poetry class there. So it's just really, we have different themes. So, I, you know, for the next, um, up until June, I've got the sort of themes all work for that. So I also write a poem for it. So in terms of, of events, um, you know, I think in, in Scotland, there's a really strong spoken word. Yeah. Uh, so our culture, but it tends to be in Glasgow, and I I live sort of fifteen minutes away from from Glasgow, and I work from home now. So sometimes the thought of trekking up to Glasgow <laughs> is is quite a thing. Thing, not that the roads are bad or anything like it's just the, the time and everything. But that is one of my aims this year to get out to more of the spoken word gigs and and take part in those. And also, I think towards the end of the year, there is um. A big Scottish mental health arts festival here, which runs oh, yeah. for a whole month, and usually we take part um, in in that. And they'll um, last year organised an event for that, and um, Irvine with a number of poets at it. So yeah, we'll be doing something like like that again. But the, I would say that's all I've got planned in the in the diary at this point in time. But these things can be turned around very quickly. Do you know, oh, somebody yeah. can say, do you want to do something? And I'll go, yeah, you know, and we can have a complete event uh, organised within a, in a month or whatever. And then I'm the um, membership secretary and social media manager of the Federation of Writers Scotland. So we are hopefully having a board meeting very soon because I'm also a, tr- a trustee. So we'll be organising different events for the, the throughout the rest of the year. We have a what's called the macker and the screever. So the macker is the poet and the screever is the, more of the sort of fiction writer. So we'll be organising and helping to organise events for, for our new macker and our new screever. And there will be events around that. So I'll definitely be attending those or, or helping to organise those. Well, that sounds great. Mm. Well, I hope they go really well. Thank you. So that was Caroline Johnston, and I will put in the description of this podcast links to a number of the things that we discussed. Check them out and look out for Caroline's book being published later this year. As for myself, I have an exhibition coming up on the 28th of March um, until the following week, until the 3rd of April over Easter in Henley-on-Thames at the Old Fire Station Gallery. Um, It will include on the Thursday, that's um, the Thursday the 28th, readings from poets at two rivers press which is a um, small poetry publishing house based in reading which is the the nearest city to me so if you're in the local area do come along um, check out the poetry and check out my art it'd be great to see you and otherwise until the next time that i put out one of these episodes i hope you enjoyed episode 17 of the things that drive us